TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 597, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Six Degrees of Geek. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. And this is Tom. I chair the Department of Visual and Media Arts at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida and host the Screen Tom podcast on Spotify and iTunes. All right, let's start off with the news. Tom, what you got? Okay, Amazon Prime has announced that uh, the Terminal List prequel series that nobody asked for is going to ca- has cast Tom Hopper, which will make uh, most of us here on uh, around the TV campfire happy because we like Hopper. Uh, David Duchovny, Jack uh, D- Jack Whitehall from the most recent season of um, Oh shoot, uh, the After Party, and Clarice Van Houten, aka Melisandre from Game of Thrones have been cast in the psychological thriller series Malice. Speaking of, uh, um, Apple TV Plus has canceled Schmigadoon after two seasons. Evidently, the third season has already been written, including music. I guess they should really wait for a green light before they do stuff like that. Yeah, It's sort of a shame. I mean, I honestly thought that it had ended with season two because it seemed to wrap it up with a bow. But, I mean, I was very sad when I found out that they actually had, like, written songs and they had the whole thing done because i would have i'm sorry i liked i liked the entire series and i would have liked to have seen that too uh cbs has announced the premise for elsbeth the second good wife spinoff it will follow follow carrie preston's character as she moves from chicago to new york and works with the nypd good news again for us campfire junkies wendell pierce is playing the police captain that she's going to be uh jockeying for position with um Jane Krakowski, Blair Underwood, Retta, and Linda Lavin has been announced as guest stars, as well as Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Disney Channel has ordered a Wizards of Waverly Place sequel pilot with Selena Gomez and David Henry back as the kids to lead the new cast. Uh, Fox's cast leads for its upcoming drama, Rescue High Surf. Actors include Arielle Kebel from Vampire Diaries, Adam Demos from Unreal, Kikoa Kikumano from The White Lotus, Alex Ayano from Doogie Kamealoa, MD, and Zoe Sippers from Roswell, New Mexico. Boy, are we getting? Are we reaching the bottom of the barrel when we're like ripping off Baywatch uh, Hawaii for show ideas? HBO has announced White Lotus season three has cast Walton Goggins, Patrick Schwarzenegger, Amy Lou Wood, and Nicholas Duvernay among eight additions. Um, Max officially announced that they've canceled the flight attendant, which we kind of knew. And they also camp on rap stuff. I'm euphemizing after three seasons. Netflix has, Netflix has announced that Kate Hudson will star in Mindy Kaling's upcoming front office basketball comedy. Aaron Foster's untitled comedy series uh, focusing on the relationship between outspoken agnostic Kristen Bell and unconventional rabbi Adam Brody has added 10 actors to the cast, including Succession alum Justin Lupe. She played uh, Connor's wife and Veep's Timothy Simons. Ben Affleck is going to direct Matt Damon in the kidnapping thriller Animals. Allison Janney is joining The Diplomat Season 2 as VP Grace Penn. Yay! Uh, Javier Bardem and Chloe Sevigny 
will play the parents of the Menendez brothers for Monster Season 2. Netflix has scrapped the Halle Berry sci-fi film The Mothership after multiple post-production delays, and Sex in the City is heading to Netflix in the U.S. and other markets. Uh, Josh Stewart, who has played Will LaMontagna Jr., uh, the detective husband, one of the cast uh, crew in Criminal Minds, will not be coming back for Criminal Minds Evolution Season 2. And Peacock has announced Amanda Seyfried will star in their adaptation, a limited series adaptation of the Lismore novel Long Bright River from Moore and producer Nikki Toscano. And finally, Malin Ackerman has been cast as the lead in Star's series adaptation of The Hunting Wives, uh, which is based on May Cobb's novel. Oh, uh, you forgot that Wolfpack got canceled by Paramount. I didn't forget. I don't care. <laughs> I care, and this is a sci-fi podcast, and so our listeners may care. You know, you. people were complaining. I read an article that said, "Oh, they're you know they're they're saying no to um, why am I blanking on Buffy's real name? Um, Sarah Michelle. Michelle. They're saying no to Cheryl Michelle Geller. It's like no, they're saying no to the lousy vehicle she was in. And these days, as ruthless as the marketing." You can't wait for a show to get good in episode three, four, five, six. If you don't come out of the gates running, and that show did not. I'm not, disagree- I'm not disagreeing with you. I just know that by the time I got to the end, I was very happy. So yeah. I just thought it was interesting, though, that the article I read, it was like in the headline that they were dissing Sarah Michelle Keller. It's like, they're not dissing her. It's like, she's got to have a good vehicle. I mean... I'm not disagreeing, and she, she, it's just that by the time you got to the end, I was, it was really good, but I'm not going to disagree with you that the first four or five episodes were not that good, and it was only eight episodes, so, yeah, you can't, I know, you can't wait that long, (laughs) I agree, and the only reason I kept watching was because of her, and then she became, like, what they did with her in the finale was amazing, but you're not wrong. And I understand why I got canceled, and I also don't know if I particularly, like, it was different, because her character ended up being very dangerous, which I kind of liked, but, you know, we spent too much time. Um, We can move on, but I, I really, I really was looking forward to a season two, but I knew because they didn't get any news for so long, I was pretty sure the word was going to be it was canceled. So, uh, let's start with the shows uh first up we're gonna talk fargo episodes six and seven and allison why don't you lead us off since you watched it more recently than i did uh episode <laughs> six um that's the the tender trap and that's the episode where roy and his his idiot gang finally realize that they have kidnapped the wrong guy uh it is not dot's husband it's that poor hapless uh, cancer victim <laughs> And, I mean, he was a jerk. Well, he was I, a jerk. He, he was a jerk. He but then later they bring killed. up. Yes. The, yeah, I mean, he he really does. I mean, I would imagine that somebody gets a little testy if they found out they have cancer. Um, and they say later on that he had a wife and kids, and they didn't deserve that. But um, that's true. Anyway, so he uh, they they end up. I mean, Roy Roy just doesn't even waste a, a moment of time once he realizes he's the wrong guy, and he puts a bullet in his brain just instantly. Um, and so uh so that happens and um uh, also uh in that episode um dot's husband is recovering from in the hospital he's still really addled and the fbi is 
trying to get some information out of him while he's he's you know kind of working through this this completely addled brain of his and he is actually giving them useful information but it's it's coming out so strange that nobody understands it like he's he's saying have you ever seen nightmare before christmas and they're just they, <laughs> they don't understand how this is relevant to anything of course the audience yeah. does um and uh it, you know in this in the same episode lorraine uh and indira finally have a discussion and Lorraine comes away so impressed with Indira that she actually tries to take take her away from the the police and offer her a job. Well, uh, I I really liked about that conversation um, is that Lorraine is so against Dot and thinks that Dot is just like this con woman, and she never has tried to see things from Dot's perspective. Mm-hmm. And in the conversation, Lorraine is like, "Read the file." she's not what you think she's a fighter and she's never had anybody to help her she's like why don't you you know actually help her i, and, I really like that conversation yeah. it was it's a great interesting scene because this is such an such a different role for jennifer jason lee and she plays it really well because i really kind of hate her but in that moment <laughs> she actually is forced to kind of confront her own prejudices and mm-hmm. uh you know, I haven't seen Beyond Six, so I don't know if she actually is going to help her daughter or not. But uh... but at least she's thinking about it. At least she's mm-hmm. considering it because she never, she never, she just made a bunch of assumptions about yep. that without knowing her story. So I think that that was a really good moment. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the things I love about that scene is it kind of brings up something that the audience is starting to to clue in on, which is that Dot and Lorraine are not that different. Yes. They, they, there is something that is very similar about the two of them that they don't recognize in each other. And Indira brings this up, which is which is very, very satisfying to to hear. And it has it, it also leads into the the scene, which is, I think, the last one in the episode um is we see lorraine actually open up the file and yep. go through it and and you can see it's a it's it's a scene with no dialogue but you see on her face this dawning realization and this horror of of what it is her 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 daughter-in-law has been through and right. it, you know there's it's like a turning point with her character and it's it's a wonderful thing to to see and she performs this beautifully it really is an excellent scene and and what we have to the other point that you wanted to i wanted to talk about uh that i think is in the next episode or i don't remember this one or the next one but it's with uh oh god the the kid the son sheriff oh gator gator where the dad is basically like look your fortune has been crap recently and I think you're like cursed or something, and we just need to wipe the slate. So we're just gonna pay this dude. Yeah, that's and, actually in this episode. Yeah, so he's like, we're gonna pay this dude and and wipe the slate and restart and get your luck to go back to like you know be a winner. And Gator can't accept it. Like he's got this weird, bizarre grudge against this guy. Which I'm not, like, I get why he has a thing against Dot. Like, I kind of get that. But I don't understand what his issue is with this dude. And so his father pays the guy off. He puts a tracking device on that guy's car to find out where he lives so that he could ambush him and get the money and all and kill him and all this other stuff. And I was just like, what are you doing? Like, it, 
there's so many things going on. Gator going off on this side mission, it just shows you that he's bringing his own misfortune. You know, oh, yeah. like all of that is is him. Gator <laughs> reminds me of the flip side of uh, of River Cartwright from, <laughs> from no, because they're, they're both they're, they're both arrogant Anglo dudes. Except for Rivers trying to act out of a sense of heroism, and and Gator's acting more out of ego, and yeah. can't, I mean, basically his dad gives him a pass, and he won't take it because he's too arrogant to think that to see that he's a screw up. Yeah, he yeah, well, he absolutely is a screw up. But go ahead, Allison. Yeah, the the thing is, is that he wants to be his dad, and right. he's he's not his dad, but he thinks that the way to do that is to dominate everyone and to never give an inch because he never sees his dad do that, and and he thinks that to to allow Gator to go away with the money. Uh, to excuse me, Ole to go away with the money is somehow you know a mark an, against him. He's, insult, that, that's a right. way of showing that, that that's a sign of weakness. So right. he's not gonna he's not gonna be weak, and he's gonna go after the money, and he's gonna go after this guy. And he is so in over his head by by trying to do this. We can see how badly this is going to go before anything even happens. And and um. It it by the next episode it does go very wrong because Ole somehow finds the tracker. We don't see the scene where he does, but um, during the course of the episode, uh, the old woman who he's staying with her her son comes home and he's a loser and he disrespects his mother and he does all this right in front of Ole and Ole chases him out and then axe murders him right in the front yard and somebody somehow no one ever sees him do this but he he manages to do this to the son and then he's waiting for Gator when he shows up Gator thinks that he's he's put one over on this guy but he's actually used the remains of the son as a mannequin you know and he's like in in a little chair in the window and gator blows away what he thinks is ole and it's just the the trap that ole has set um unfortunately he's still my thing is he still might not have gotten anything if he hadn't killed the old woman you know what i'm saying and that was accidental because he was just going after the money um right because which, which was in the car but then, yeah, he 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 whacks the woman and she falls on the, the sidewalk and hits her head and dies. And Ole is not going to stand for this. Nope. And I was just like, dude, you're such an idiot. So anyway, well, we need to move on. We need to move on. Um, well, we're, episode- we're missing also the, the, the really big scene in that same episode is where Dot is uh driving until she's she's way too exhausted and she gets to the diner and we segue into what later turns out to be a dream sequence where she meets up with the the woman who was once who was Roy's oh, Linda. first yeah it's, who was Roy's the, first the wife cult of Linda yeah the cult of Linda that was so bizarre especially with the dolls that everybody had to make the a puppet doll. show yeah the puppet show I was like what is happening and because Fargo is always a little bizarre, I was just along for the ride. Like, this is so yeah, weird. And at, and then I was confused at the end when we pop out and we realize, wait, she didn't move from this booth. Wait, nope. was that a dream? Wait, what happened? And I was very confused when we popped out. 
because I was like, wait, did that happen? And she just went to the same place. Like I was sitting there going, th- and then she gets, then she gets hit by a car. Like you're going, wait, what? And then that's the a lot the happens in this episode. Yeah, yeah the thing and is- I was just like, wait, but it, but we we've been on this. Yeah, no, like you said, I, it's 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 any other show, and I would have immediately thought, you okay, we've gone into a dream sequence. The the first thing that clued me into the thought that this might not be real though with with Fargo was when they had dinner and they're they're having chicken piccata, and I remember that one of the things that were on the uh, board that she looked at and they made a point of of letting us see what she was staring at on the on the the poster board um was a recipe for chicken piccata and i'm thinking that's a weird coincidence is this real (laughs) um and that was the first time i questioned it but i I, that was all it was was like a question so i was just as surprised when she suddenly went back again and remember also by, by being hit by the 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 car um, with this really scary truck sing- sequence, she ends up in the hospital, and that's where Roy gets her. Yeah, is that the end of the episode? I thought the end of the episode was her getting hit. Oh, it was the end of the no, episode. Roy no, it goes. It, Roy shows it goes, up. Okay, Roy shows up. All right, but we need to move on. We've been on this too long. Um, but yeah, Fargo, fantastic. It's he an amazing stunning. season. It really is. Yeah. All right, next up, we're going to talk What If, and I know this happened way long ago, but there's so many episodes. I want to give them uh, some time. And episode three was basically uh, Die Hard, but like in Avengers Tower. And I heard mixed stuff, but I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, Happy is not necessarily my favorite character, but I thought that they did a good job with him in this episode. So uh, I liked uh just the assault on the tower and happy has to figure out how to save everyone and then he ends up accidentally injecting himself with um the serum which was hilarious so all of it was pretty funny to me i enjoyed it yeah i did too i i know that i've i've heard mixed things about it which really surprised me because i thought it was hilarious all the way through and i thought it was it was uh animated and edited just beautifully um i everything that they they did about it was just so spot on i mean you could tell what they were doing an homage to and and they got all the points right and like you said you know happy hogan not my favorite character either but he was he was great in this he was he was really really funny and everything worked so i really enjoyed this episode and it was and it was very christmasy <laughs> so, yes uh tom you know, your thoughts. nice I, th- I thought it was a fun episode i was kind of mystified why people were i mean Disney owns Die Hard now when they acquired 20th Century, so they can rip themselves off. I thought it was kind of fun to remix, you know. Yeah, it was, a, a it was, I thought it was more of an homage than a ripoff, because they very much acknowledge what they're Oh, doing. no. Well the, well, the fact that they, yeah, that they totally acknowledge the source material. Um, so I thought it was fun, and it was fun to, um, oh, why am I blanking at his name? Sam Rockwell. It was fun to have him back, because his <laughs> yeah. last appearance was Iron Man 3, which was in the Wayback Machine. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And Colby Smolders isn't dead in the What If universe, unlike the stupid Prime MCU, but we won't go there. <laughs> Not that I'm the bitter. Next, and the next episode was Iron. we get Iron Man, but what if he was in the place of Thor on that planet? Uh, what is that planet? I forgot the name of that planet. I but just basically- remember it as the garbage planet. It's a Jeff Goldblum planet is how I remember it. Um, and 
So he gets he gets sent there after he stops the not the Tesseract. What are those aliens called? Oh, uh, the basically Chitauri. he's the Chitauri. He saves Earth in Avengers in the first Avengers movie, and instead of getting home, he gets stuck way out in space. Sakar. Say again. Sakar is the proper name of the planet. Ah, thank you. Uh, and it's just hilarity ensues with him and Jeff Goldblum egos at full going against each other. Uh, and it's fantastic. I, I mean, I actually just wish Hulk was there just to make it more interesting. Like, like he's like, oh, it's my friend from work kind of situation. But uh, it still was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that episode. Yeah, it was it was a cute, funny episode. Uh, they they leaned into using Jeff Goldblum really well in, in at his most Jeff Goldblumiest. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it yeah, was just he... it was just again, you know, it was like two just fun episodes back to back. So yeah. I I enjoyed it too. I mean, I don't know how much you could say about the episode because it didn't really they had like an overarching arc through this particular season, you know, which kind of vaguely wove through and and this particular episode didn't seem to refer to it at all, but it it was just it just as it was contained, it was a really fun story. Agreed. All right, I I, I don't know if we have anything more to add. So uh, we'll move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk Orphan Black Echoes, episodes seven and eight. And I was like, are we done yet? But there were 10 episodes, which is yep. throwing me off. I'm used to having only eight. So seven and eight were, somebody help me out. What happened? Seven was the one where the printout of Eleanor meets uh, the younger version and is not happy at all with. Oh, her. and then she, oh, she finds out that she's a printout, right? And, and, yeah, she thought she, she was out, the original. Yeah. yeah, that that I thought was really interesting because usually people don't want to question their reality, but in fine, you know, she she goes there pretty quickly, and Kira tells the truth, and to, well, Kira doesn't exactly tell the truth. Kira starts to equivocate, which makes Eleanor know the truth. Realize, yeah. yeah, I am totally printout. Um, yeah, this is really. I was not. I was iffy on the first couple episodes, but once we get the the back the Kira backstory as to what's really going on, I'm all in, and I hope that they continue to kind of explore kind of the metaphysical complications of this because well, they the ethical the ethical quantum and the ethical, too. yeah. Right. Um, the, the scientist guy who's like the villain of the piece, who's been printing, who, who printed out the, Lu no, not Lucy. Who's the youngest one? What's the, the teenager? What's her name? I forgot. Um, Jules. Jules, right. So the guy who printed out Jules, you get like, wait, have we got to the compound yet? Has that happened? I feel yeah. like we, Jules was in the compound. Jules right. was in the compound. Jules being in this facility uh, or meeting the uh, doctor who basically printed her out and him giving the hard sell on what he's trying to do. Like, is are, are, we, are we supposed to, I guess my question is, are we supposed to kind of sympathize and, and understand his motivations? Or is he just supposed to be the bad guy? Because his I thing is he's like, I'm doing it for the greater good of whatever, but 
Do you believe that? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> not, not even a that, but we, we find <laughs> out we find out that the kid that Jules has has befriended whatever and she kind of works him over to she 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 basically manipulates him and traps him so she can escape but he's the printout of the, um, the, the pri- yeah yeah and the guy when he when he confronts his younger printout he's just, like worst dad ever it's like <laughs> you're such a dis- i mean as evil as john ham is on fargo at least he has some empathy for gator Whereas right. this guy is all about, you're just such a disappointment. It's like, he just goes after him. It's like, dude, you're a rhymes with Anyway. <laughs> all right. Well, I, and that, I, I just want to keep moving and keep going. Cause we've been, we took so much time on some of the other shows. Um, I I'm excited to talk about the last couple of episodes. Cause I feel like that's when everything comes together, but for where we just saw, eh, it's okay. Like it's all build up and it's all building towards the last two episodes, which we'll talk about later. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk criminal record and uh, we're only going to talk about the pilot, even though two episodes did drop, but uh, blame us. Cause none of us watched both episodes. And I don't know if that's a, uh, saying anything about the show per se. It's just, it's some shows are kind of dense where you watch one episode and you're just like, okay, that's all I can watch. And I felt this one was was similar. It, it was a pretty dense episode. It's starring Peter Capaldi and I don't know the name of the woman. Push Jumbo. Push Jumbo. There we go. Um, she's great. Except yes, she is. the only thing I will say negative about her is her ambitious make her ambition makes her do stupid things. Like she's trying to be a good cop. She really wants to be, but her ambition leads her. Instead of doing something that's the safer option, she goes all in. And I'm like, eh, take a step back, take a breath. But uh, Peter Pauly's character is obviously not the good guy because the whole premise is that some guy's in jail because they wanted to make an arrest. And I'm not sure at this point whether they were just late. Him and his crew were just lazy and didn't feel like investigating and just pinned the murderer on someone. Or if one of them were involved in the murder and they were covering it, that's unclear to me yet. So what do you guys think? I really enjoyed it. Um, I, you know, I, I, I would have watched the second episode, um, but I, I had to empty out my refrigerator. So uh, sort of (laughs) president. Um, Sorry. Sorry, Peter Capaldi. Um, But anyway, so it was, it was compelling. I, I, really thought that it was it you know it started out uh with watching him like act as a lift driver or something like that which and was bizarre right it was very bizarre and i'm like what are we doing where are we going is this supposed to be like he he lost his job under, and now he's doing I this i thought he was undercover go, for a second yeah. i i didn't know what was happening i i was like you know are we going to go back in time and find out what happened later what exactly is going on so it's sort of it sort of left me you know like like what at the beginning and then you, it settles into it and you realize what's going on um but i thought that was interesting because it it really kind of is a window into his character um so right from the get go you know there's something wrong with this guy um you're not sure what it is but it's it, you know that there's there's something off 
and and then you know they they introduce you to her and and she's you know the like the diametric opposite she's concerned with with her job with the people you know who she serves and and all of that so they're they're like you know polar opposites meeting each other i think that the whatever is going on um is i mean it obviously involves a conspiracy there are people yeah. at higher levels than than he is who are who are very much devoted to keeping this quiet and and you know redirecting her and punishing her if she goes after the wrong people um even if she does it in a slightly you know what what was, way what um, was scary is the the reporter person that she interviewed with and tried to get information from she tells her this information and she goes to write it down she's like oh don't write that down exactly i was like, I was like whoa <laughs> I was like, what is that yeah. you know and i mean and and he he has her investigated which is, you know, something that you'd think would be above his pay grade to arrange, but apparently not. Um, and he, this is solely because she went to him in person instead of sending an email. So you you, you figure there's got to be something that is so bad. Um, it, it's got to go beyond just just putting the wrong person in jail. Well, and, there has, there think, has to be something much greater than that. Right, right. And I also think that he basically declared war over this. He made her feel dumb when she came to, to visit him in person. And I was like, dude, if he had just let that go, she might have let it go. Mm -hmm. But because he made it into this investigation and did all this stuff that was like a warning and all that. And then now she's like, well, now she can't let it go because there's obviously something there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, if you had just been chill and save that for if she got close, like I felt like he pulled that trigger of escalation too quickly that's all yeah no agreed. Uh, but yes yeah, so so thumbs up so far I, i'm enjoying it uh and the way that you feel about peter capaldi here is how i always felt about him as the doctor which was always felt <laughs> that he was the bad guy um he I don't does know, play a lot of bad him. guys and he does it particularly well yeah that's the vibe i got off of him as the doctor so i never liked him as the doctor which is a whole other thing all right let's move on though um, but thumbs up for Criminal Record. Next up, we're going to talk Monarch, Episodes 7 and 8. And Tom, what was your summation of uh, Monarch? Uh, you would say, come to me. Uh, Monarch in Episode 7, that's... No, no, I meant you to say, this is when Kurt, uh, Grown Up oh, Kurt oh, Russell is oh, awesome and yeah, the kids are yeah, annoying. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the youngsters are annoying and Kurt Russell's awesome. <laughs> yes. All right, that's now the... continue. <laughs> uh episode seven is when we get may's backstory and find out she's not really may boom 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 <laughs> i mean the but i have to say her flashback did make me like her a little more because before she was just kind of like a cardboard cutout of the other guy's ex-girlfriend and now yep. she does feel like a real person we get her backstory we find out about her family and it's really just that she gets recruited to this tech company and uh, my girl from uh, The Expanse is the boss. Yes, Naomi like, oh, from The Expanse. Naomi it took me a moment. Yeah, it took me a moment to realize that was her because she looks so completely different. Dominique Kepper. Yes. Yeah, yes. she's terrific yes. in whatever and she, she plays does. A, she yeah, she plays a good villain too. So you see her be charming and recruiter. And 
then she like in May investigates some stuff and then she's like, You guys are criminals, I'm gonna send you all to jail. She writes some weird code and it's not even a hundred percent clear why she did what she did, other than it felt like an ego thing, too. It didn't feel like I'm offended that you're testing on these monkeys. I didn't feel like that was really the reason. I felt like that was an excuse for her. That was the vibe I got. Yeah, she seems a little more than a little self-serving. Yeah, so it felt like a selfish move. And uh, so, but then after she did it, she, of course, basically signed her work with her code and got caught immediately. I was like, wow, you are not a good hacker. Yeah. Um, and then she has to run for it. And then she leaves her family. And that, that's how they end up running into her in Japan. because She's on the run from this company. And that also explains to you by the end of the episode why she's willing to work for Monarch and give up her friends so that she can go home. So she cuts a deal. Um, but yeah, so I, I think overall that episode was good because it really gave the character texture. So I think it was worth this kind of side trip as opposed to when the the little brother he has his flashback about his art gallery i thought that was a waste um, of my time well i'm sorry that was, a, I, compl- yeah, that was a complete waste of my time this one at least like i said felt like it was worth it it was worth the journey well it pays off that's the thing yes yeah and it paid off will continue to pay off um and then what was the next episode um, basically, they confront Shaw at the place where it all began. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is the one where Shaw basically is closing up the the portals. So he's finding out if you explode enough, you know, explosives at the portal location, it closes them. But what he doesn't know is that it's then causing a ripple effect at all the other portals, and he's just kind of humming really loud and pretending that that's not happening. Which is interesting because, come on, it, it's just like, you know, if you've got a closed system and you do something like that, it's like, of course it's going to cause other stuff to... Well, I mean, yeah. my thing is, if you were going to do it, he should have done it simultaneously at all the locations. You have to do them all at the same time. time right. Cause right. A big problem. But this episode was called Axis Mundi. Yeah, and it was it was the one that really, I feel like, sets up towards the where we're going culmination. Because by the time you get to the end of the episode, I was like, oh, my God, what happens next? Like, I was really into it because they are going, the kids are going to talk to Shaw because they're like, Shaw wants us involved in this. Though Shaw has like this weird, not creepy obsession, but the granddaughter, he basically sees her like her grandmother. So Mm -hmm. he's more comfortable talking to her and he treats her differently and he almost treats her like he did the mom or the grandmother because he was in love with her. Yep. But he, but it doesn't give creepy vibes because I don't think he's trying to make a move on her. I feel like no. he's very much no, treating no, 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 her. No no, 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 no. no, no, That's what I'm saying. He feels like he's treating her like she's his granddaughter. Right. And yeah. he wants to convey, he has this all this. But what's crazy is he doesn't treat the grandson that way. He's like, yeah, you're useless. Yeah. <laughs> because he is. <laughs> He treats the grandson like he's absolutely useless. And the granddaughter, he treats her like an adult, like you can come to the table and we can talk. And they have really cool conversation. They have really good chemistry. And But at the end of the episode, he's still trying to blow up the portal, but he doesn't get everybody out in time. And then it blows up while everybody's there. And then people start getting sucked into the portal. 
So May gets sucked in first, and then oh God, what's her name? The the da- the granddaughter. Granddaughter. I just blank. I, <laughs> I blanked Laura? on her name. Kate, Megan. Kate. 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 So Kate, then Kate's, right. Kate. yeah, Kate starts to get sucked in, and then uh, Shaw grabs her and tries to pull her out, and then they both get sucked in. So we have three people sucked into the portal at the end of the episode. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Except um, for Kentaro, just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Even that was the actually... void doesn't want him. There you go. Wow, <laughs> wow. Yes, he just gets blown up. Uh, but yeah, I thought that that was a really strong ending for episode eight. I was like, okay, I'm totally in a hundred percent. So any other thoughts, comments? Nope. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk echo, which is, I wanted to, to just finish it. Cause it's only five episodes. Cause we're so, but we're going to do three it was four, a long five episodes. It, it, and what's crazy to me is like we said, it had eight episodes and they cut it down mm-hmm. to five. I I just I just watched um, three and four back to back this morning. Here's the thing: the pacing on this show is not good, and the no. construction of the show. I think five episodes is too many. I think you could have done it in four. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you look at what actually happens, it's not that much. There's not a lot of story but, there. Yeah, the last episode actually, which we're not talking about, actually a lot of stuff happens now. But uh, I don't even remember what happened in three and four since you just watched it. Three, we get, uh, we get, I believe that's, is that the one with Matt? Oh no, Kingpin shows up at the end of three. It's uh, the bad guys. They uh, they send the. Oh, the, 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 the skating rink. They show up the, at the, the skating rink. The shoe cleaner at the skating rink, rink yeah. decides yeah. he's going to make an easy payday and turn it. I was like, dude, how is this an easy payday? It's like, he doesn't understand the people he's dealing with like it's insane he doesn't and he gets rewarded and, with what he should be which is probably i mean that's that scene where he gets ganked is probably one of the reasons that this show is rated tvma because yeah but um i don't boy and yeah i and he wasn't i mean the only explanation is that he's not very bright which oh, is yeah. why when he's trying to like capture people he sucks at it and and Echo like escapes like three times in the end the time that he has her. He mm-hmm. she's like he hangs her from the ceiling. She escapes from that and he's like, Okay, so he zip ties her somewhere, she escapes from that, and then he's like, crap. So then he just locks her in the room and she escapes from that. He's not very good at his job. So um I was like, dude, you don't know what you're doing. Um, and then he gets shot in the head. So that felt very fitting. And then right when it looked like they were all going to die, they get a call from presumably Kingpin who tells them to stop. And uh, then Kingpin shows up at the end of three, and then when you have four, they have this conversation. And we get more flashbacks. No, but I actually have to say, I enjoy once Kingpin shows up, I did enjoy the show because I believe as much as a psychopath can love someone – think uh thanos uh can adopt a daughter and be like this is my daughter and i love her i feel like d'onofrio did a great job like i bought that affection but then he's also crazy so how far can you take that um and but what also tripped me out is this dude is has known her since she was six or seven has and has not bothered to learn a lick 
of sign language to the point where he has to like get some com- weird computer program to do his hands. So he talk and tra- yeah. yeah. And I'm like, dude, really? You've known her since she was six years old and you have not bothered to learn one lick of sign, but you love her, but you're not enough to learn how to talk to her. Like, are you kidding me? So anyway, that just felt, and I don't know if that's just D'Onofrio refused to learn sign language. I'm not sure. Or is that, I don't know what that's about. Like it just, that just seems like the weirdest thing. To yeah. Me it because... seemed off to me because I mean, he's, he's been shown ever since, you know, the, the, the daredevil uh, episodes. And the, I realize that this is a slightly different take on Kingpin, but still um, you, you, you tend to think of it as being part of a whole um, as being a character who will do anything for, for the, the, the people that he loves. loves. And yeah, he was absolutely self-sacrificing toward the woman he was in love with in the Daredevil episodes. And he should be that way toward Maya. And Um, he is kind of like, yeah, I I mean, but but not to learn sign language also seems like a a bit of intellectual laziness. He would not. Yes. Um, because he was, you know, the one thing with Kingpin is that as brutal as he is, he's also incredibly intelligent. He's very right. smart, very knowledgeable. Yeah. He doesn't like to have anybody have something over on him. So if he's got someone close to him who uh, is deaf and uses sign language, he's going to learn just so he's not left out of the loop. That's um, why I think it's such a bizarre thing. And I was like, is this a D'Onofrio thing where he just was like, screw it, I don't want to learn sign oh, language? I, 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 I think, think it was just a, a, a misjudgment of the character as far as the the writing is concerned. And it's just that was just such a bizarre thing to me. Um, I mean, but I will have to say the the effect of the virtual hands doing that was cool. I mean, that was a cool thing. Um, but their conversations were really good. Like I think episode five or not five four episode four, their conversations were really really good. And I like that bit where he tells her about him killing his own father. And he brought the hammer and he wants her to like kill him if she has to with the hammer. Like all of that, I, I liked it. I did. Yeah. Well, the show, like you said, once when they bring Kingpin back in, it immediately mm-hmm. wakes up. As, as yeah. long as we have the dynamic between her and him, as, yeah. as long as D'Onofrio is on screen, uh, right. the show is worth watching. And and they really, really hobbled themselves by by keeping him out of the the picture for so long because really that's what's interesting is seeing the two of them you know riffing off each other yes agreed we see him in flashbacks in one and then Mm -hmm. two he's not in it at all and three he shows up at the very end i just here's i don't dislike the show i don't love it either it kind of reminds me of quantum of solace which wasn't a real movie per se. It was just an extended epilogue for Casino Royale. This kind of reminds me of an extended epilogue for for Hawkeye. And I'm like, you can do more than that. You're not wrong, but I do, like I said, I did like the emotional content. And I think it ends well. I think the last episode is good. Um. It is well, good to it's... see some of my favorite Native American actors, whether I saw them in Reservation Dogs or, or um, uh, Stumptown or what. But I just, for me, it's like it needs a little bit more than they needed a little bit more story. 
You're not wrong. And also the ending to me felt like, you mean I've just sat through all this just so you could set up the next series? (laughs) Just so you could set up Daredevil? Really? We're not not on that yet. We're not doing five yet. So Okay. But but, yeah, I'm sorry, but that's the feeling that I got. I have a feeling that that kind of thinking is going to start going away because this experiment of the TV and movies going back and forth did not work. That's what I hear. (laughs) I mean, and I really, I don't want to go there. It's off topic. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk Masters of Air, and we only watched the pilot. And this one, we for me, it wasn't so much I only watched the pilot because it was tense and intense and blah. I was bored. Like, I... I'm not, I love, let me start off. I love Band of Brothers. One of my favorite shows of all time is Band of Brothers. Masters of Air put me to sleep. Okay, go ahead, Tom, after I start that. Yeah, I I, I really like Band of Brothers in the Pacific. This is from the same team, uh, Hanks, Gutsman, and Spielberg. It's missing that je ne sais quoi. And I don't know if it's because of where they start, decided to start the narrative in this week. And all the voiceovers, I think all the voiceovers is a mistake, too. Yeah. The voiceovers well, are boring. Well, not yeah, only that, the, the voice actor is boring. When you have, vo- <laughs> when you have a voiceover in most TV, TV shows or movies, it basically says you're surrendering as a visual storyteller. You're... You realize you're not telling the story visually like you should be, so you're cheating to try to tell the story. I just thought that I would have started this episode, as much as I'm not a a huge fan of flashbacks, I would have started this episode like in the middle of the mission and then maybe flashback to the stuff before the mission because the way they laid it out, it was the setup was kind of dull. And by very dull. Yeah. Yeah, by kind of, I mean very. Is the fact that you know, people I care about and who know TV bailed <laughs> before they got to quote unquote the good stuff. Because I thought the But battle, even the good the battle was it wasn't even that great. It like, wasn't as it wasn't as tense and it didn't feel immediate. That's the problem. It did yes, not feel immediate. We should have because, seen, you know, when sorry, when yeah. when El- Elvis, why well, can't I think of his real name? <laughs> um, Austin Austin Butler. Austin Butler examines the damage to his plane on the ground we should have felt tension in the air each time you know shrapnel or or rounds entered the plane and to make it just kind of mundane i mean come on it it did not work the problem is the problem is I didn't care about any of the characters in the plane. So yes. the, the, the way that the show started, I didn't mind the way that the show started. It, it kind of reminded me, and don't make fun of me. I'm not saying that it was a good show. I mean, a good movie. Um, but it did remind me of the way they set up, um, oh, what was that movie? Pearl Harbor, where, you know, oh. they, they introduce all of the characters. They try to get you to care about a buddy relationship, you know, um, 
uh, you know, uh, they the they even set you up with the the men with the women, you know, you know, having a girl at home kind of a thing. So it you know, it's very standard and, and kind of makes sense. You know, it's been done before uh, a myriad times, but um, I just didn't care. I didn't care. The voiceover no. was w weirdly distancing instead of bringing drawing me in. It kind of it kind of helped me made me zone out. I thought, what is this guy droning on and on about? You know what I mean? And and I would have rather seen the stuff that he was telling me about, you know, the you know, how charismatic someone was or how what you know, what whatever the guy was telling me. I would have rather seen him tell me. So I didn't care about any of the characters. So when they went up in the plane, it didn't really matter to me whether or not they got killed. Uh, you know, and they gave some lip service to Adams, I think. Um, I was like, and, I know, didn't know anybody's name. Like, for real. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I did so, not care at all. They tried, though. At one point, I think Adams was the one that had, like, difficulty landing. You know, they gave us that – they tried to give us that um, that one where they, they they land without landing gear, you know what I mean? And no, then no, no. later – I don't think that guy was up in the air. I think his plane was still landed. I, I don't think that was the same guy. I at think it was, but here's here's the thing. Uh, the fact that you and I don't know is literally the problem with the show. If you and right. I can't even agree with like who died and you know who 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 did this and who did that, I mean that's actually making our point for us. I mean, you know, three planes didn't come back, and even when they were counting the planes and they were like one, two, three, four, I was like, all right, we don't care. Three planes Boy, went that, down. <laughs> like you know, that, that scene was a mistake. Yes. You know what that I mean? Really so just not that did not work for me at all. Yeah. So it just, you know what I mean? It 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 um it you know exemplified what was wrong with the sh with the show. So the the story isn't compelling and the characters aren't worth, you know, kind of caring about. So but this is episode 1. I mean, we none of us got to part two of the premiere. So I'm not saying that like, uh, you know, oh, my God, they must have, you know, maybe they did something amazing with the second hour of the premiere. Um, but it doesn't bode well for the show, unfortunately. Um, and it looks fine. It doesn't even look amazing. So I can't even say like, oh, but it was so rich to look at. Well, and it was my thing, too, is when you're shooting, when you're having a dogfight between planes, what they did was not exciting well, it's, at all. It's yep. not a dogfight because they're in a bomber and the fighters were attacking them. So that's not a right. dogfight. Uh, that's true. Right. That's true. But but even that it, but even that the way they shot it that wasn't that interesting or new yeah. or even you know regular interesting like you know what I mean it was it was below it was subpar so yeah so it was disappointing for me because I was kind of looking forward to uh, you know a historical drama slash period piece uh, you know I've seen enough of these uh shows though you know world war ii shows that i i'm not super excited about it but i thought i would definitely give it a chance and was hoping that it would be something kind of at least lush to look at uh but none of the characters have drawn me in like not even one so mm -hmm. i mean you know and 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 then they stress the buddy thing between the buckies you know what i mean or you know and that the didn't buck, i didn't care bucky. 
Yes, sorry, sorry, between <laughs> Buck and Bucky. Um, and I didn't care about that, you know? And nope. and, and, and that's, I'm just, that's I was just assuming. I was just assuming the one that wasn't uh, Aaron, whatever his name is, I was just assuming that guy was just going to die. So I was like, you're not oh, the, the star one that of the wasn't show. Austin Butler? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. If you I got Elvis, he ain't going to live. <laughs> exactly. That was pretty much how I figured it. I'm um, sitting there thinking, where are the brothers at? Because you lured me here under false pretenses. You got some... You got some brothers in the promos and at the end of the opening credits, but where are they? Right. I'm sure not, they'll probably they'll, they'll be show in up. the next yeah, I'm sure they'll show up, but yeah, I'm I I'm not I'm not feeling it. But let's move on. Uh next up we're gonna talk about Reacher and uh I think we're talking th- episode three and, three four. and four. So Tom hit us up or no, Al Yusin, you were you saw were, it more recently. Saw the most recently. So hit us off. Uh, what do you think of Reacher? Um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, you know, it's got like a Jason Bourne sort of uh, Scooby gang kind of a thing. You know, uh, it. You know, they're unraveling a mystery. Uh, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of hand-to-hand and guns and things. Um, so, you know, it's it isn't the best show ever. Uh, I, it's not even a great show, but it's a solid show. Uh, you know, the in this episode, um, they got a chance to dress up the ladies. They went to that Boston Symphony um, and uh, they got to dress up and the men got to dress up in suits. I thought that was kind of a nice little aside uh, chance for the actresses to kind of dress up. Um, uh, what else happened? The Oh, the guy who's trying to deliver the the uh stolen goods um am right they figured out who am was and they were going to try to arrest him at the airport but he was too smart and avoided capture and he killed a plastic surgeon ironically um to take over his identity so that he could keep going um so we learn about that so and, and we learn about the whole um they make the connection, which I thought was good, was the whole heroin. Um, you know, they were talking about um, not not make a connection, but who's the swan? Is it swan, the guy who's still missing? Yes. Yeah. So they do a flashback to swan. It's a little jarring the way they do the flashbacks. I'm going to be honest. Uh, like they've they've done it a lot now. And it's a little it in the beginning. It made sense because you were setting up the the group. But then they had another flashback to swan. And I was a little bit confused. I mean, the well, way they wearing, edited if it. They're we- if they're wearing uniforms, then it's a flashback. Yeah. No, no, no. I know that I know immediately when it happens, it's just jarring when they do it the way they do it. I was talking about the editing, not the fact that I don't understand what's going on. You know what I mean? It's just like, wait, what? And then I'm like, oh, flashback. Um, So I don't love that. But um, yeah, no, the action keeps coming. It's full of action. Uh, You know, the acting is not great, but it's solid enough. Like, you know, I care about them as a cohesive group. You know, they seem to work well together as actors you know what i mean so like i believe them as you know being a group of people that care about each other and work well together so that's fine uh and then um what happens oh yeah they they trace the parking lot uh the parking pass to they've they're given an address um and they go and it turns out to be a big fat trap um and 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 you know and that sequence was good it was uh you know standard 
trap fair where, you know, they're going through a house and they get attacked by a lot of people. And let me tell you, this is actually funny. I, I thought about this. Oftentimes when these types of scenes happen, I think to myself, they never sent enough people. But in this one, they just kept finding more and more people and more. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and I kept thinking, oh, they finally they, they sent. They didn't huh? underestimate. They didn't underestimate yes. them. I was like, they sent a lot of people. They, I was like, they hit a lot of people in this house. Um, they just kept coming, and I thought, well, that I was like, that's realistic. Finally, for once, a trap is like you know filled with enough people. So, you know, in that way, I don't know if we're going to call Reacher realistic in any way, but um, you know, it's it's a fine fun season, show. No. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> The time you get to the end of the season, the answer is definitely no. Right. Oh, okay. There's <laughs> so, some stuff that happened just like, nah, dog. Oh, really? Well, yeah. So for me, the show is a fun watch. It's not, like I said, anything, you know, great, but it's just a solid fun watch where, you know, you get to see people who are trained to do stuff, do the things they were trained to do. And, and it's un it's unraveling a mystery and, you know, it's standard fare. Yeah, I mean, I like Reacher more than you probably, uh, and I'm I'm not disagreeing with you on any of the points necessarily. But I I just like the characters a lot more. I like where the story's going, and uh, I like the nothing is overly complicated. Uh, yeah, but it's a to me That's it's a fun truth. story. <laughs> it's a fun story, so I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. Uh, Tom, you have any thoughts? No, it's um, there. They're hewing obviously the the TV series is hewing more closely to the books than the movies ever did, and Alan Richson is a beast of of a dude. Um, but I really enjoyed the the casting for his army buddies because uh, yeah, and, I like and the them working as a team. Yeah, the yeah, Scooby really... Gang. The Scooby Gang is good. They work well together. And it's funny that uh, Serinda Swan played Zatanna on Smallville, and. Um, uh, Sean Sipos uh, played Adam Strange on Krypton, so you got this whole. And of course, Richson played Hawk on Titans and Aquaman on Smallville. So you've got like these, you know, three, three, of the four actors that play DC heroes. It's kind of fun. And, I don't and even think I made and that Neely's connection. Just, Neely's just cool. I just love her. I I would watch a spinoff with her. <laughs> I like her too. I like her a lot. Like She's Mar all about business. I yeah. like Maria Stim as an actor because she can pull off the smart stuff. She can pull off the fighting stuff. I mean, if they were ever going to spin off somebody, she'd be amazing. All right. So we're all saying overall thumbs up for Reacher. Uh, sure. Pleasure. All right. Next up, we're going to talk Percy Jackson, episodes three and four. And Tom, can you help me out? What what happened in three and four for Percy Jackson? Garden Gnome Emporium. That's where they confront. Uh, that's where they don't they have the meeting with, with Medusa. Yes, they, that's Medusa. It's yeah, Medusa, and they completely. I thought it was really interesting that they kind of reframed the Medusa myth, making her the victim of sexual violence versus just right. making, she's evil and has snakes for hair. <laughs> right. Which and I thought they basically, yeah, they they basically were like somebody thought I was attractive, and then hair is it hair not Hera, it was uh, Athena got jealous, and then mm -hmm. made it so that no man could look at me, and and she had her whole basement full of statues, mm -hmm. like that was crazy, and I felt bad, I felt bad for Grover because he finds his uncle down there, like ooh, yep, yeah. 
and then episode four was the uh the visit to the St. Louis Arch. Right. Oh, okay. Which, if that was a plate and they were in a studio in Vancouver, kudos to the special effects team because they Yeah, because they that I've was been, amazing. I've been, I've been in to the, the arch, arch too. Yeah. And um and once he starts plunging to his death, I, actually that's the name of the episode. I plunged to my death. You know, those of us who've been there know that there is water nearby, and this is Poseidon's son, so do the math. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so, really dig I'm really digging this show. I'm um I'm almost tempted to buy the book series because I really Oh, I already did. I did that already. I really appreciate that they're really adhering strongly to classical greek mythology and to the book i mean the first two episodes were almost word for word from the books well when the, when when the, the creator of the books is the showrunner the sh is the co-showrunner and co-creator of the show <laughs> that seems to be yeah. the secret with a lot of these a lot of these book series that had a lackluster film adaptation the writer gets involved with the tv show and surprise and makes it, surprise right. it's better Narrative fidelity <laughs> makes the show better, and audiences are like, we like this. Yes, yes. So uh, I was pretty happy, especially because I'm from St. Louis. So I was like, wait, we're stopping in St. Louis? This is awesome. Uh, though, ironically, I think I've only been to the Arch once for, like, school. You know so, why? Because you live there. Why would you go there? I know. Why would I go to the Arch? Uh, I went maybe sixth grade, I want to say. I might have gone to the arch for that, but like I don't remember very well. Um, so, but I was still excited that they were in St. Louis, and yes, the arch is very close to the river. So, uh, kudos for that. And I did like that he got to he. It, wait, is that the episode where he figures out he can breathe underwater? Yeah, uh, uh, I. I think it's the following one. Yeah, I was just gonna say uh, he he's in the water, but I think it ends on a cliffhanger, and then the next one, he he like is a, a he's awake in the water and is able to breathe uh, and speak to the woman. Right, right. Oh, because the episode's called Breathe, right? Something right, like that. All right. So, oops. Uh, but overall, I'm liking Percy Jackson. I'm having a lot of fun. Got a, um, but television is slow right now, so it's all good. I wish they would. Here's what I'm gonna say. Here's what I'm gonna say about the show, and and uh, we we kind of addressed it with Allison the the week before, or I think, um, is it's definitely a show for kids. I mean, I'm not, and I don't say that as a diss. So, and I'm not saying adults can't watch the show, but I thought about it as I was watching it, and it reminded me a little bit of like Lock and Key, in the sense that you know the main characters are children. Uh, you know, and there's, uh, you know, the fantastical aspect of it. And I felt like it doesn't hold up as well against a show like Lock and Key in terms of adult um, uh, content. Like, it, I just didn't feel like it doesn't quite have the, um, like, stakes or seriousness or kind of, and, and quite frankly, even the acting, uh, you know, is a little under the level of lock and key for me but um i'm still enjoying the show but it definitely is a hundred percent geared towards children well, uh, and i was gonna I say the kids the kids in lock and key are older yes, so, yeah, yes. In lock and key are 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 teenagers, teenagers. Or young, adults, young adults playing 
you know, a little bit younger. Teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Because they yeah. definitely well, you know, but that little yeah. but that little but that little brother, the little one is is very young. The littlest yeah, but brother. Yeah, but we, yeah, yeah. I know, but we never have a story that's just all about him that's interesting. So I no. I I, no, I, get I know. It, but... but anyway, the point is uh, I am enjoying the show, but I but in the when I was watching the show the most most recently, I remember I just was struck by the fact that not that I was bored, but that I thought, yeah, this is definitely a show that if I had children, I would love for them to be watching it. It's very educational, like Tom said that they're sticking very true to uh, the uh the actual Greek real mythology. Greek mythology you know what i mean and you know it's well acted and you know there's good there's good messages and you know every once in a while there's like a message you know just flat out i don't remember what it was but in the recent most recent episode you know there there was like this this one line and i thought oh that's a good message for kids and you know so uh so yeah so i'm liking the show uh and it's got good special effects for what it's doing and um and it's 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 compelling enough but just enough for me as an adult. It it is a children's show, but I am enjoying it. It's well done. Uh, Tom, you were going to say something. Um, but now you've forgotten. <laughs> That's okay. So anyway, I I like the show regardless, uh, and I'm not a kid, so I'm thoroughly enjoying the show. And I did start reading the books, so. It's all working together to, for me, hand in hand. So I think thumbs up. Yes, thumbs up. Tom? All sure. right, definitely. So, uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can leave them at tvcampfire@gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can listen to us on Sci-Fi Radio, Six Degrees of Geek, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.